Good morning. We had a little change in the speaker rotation this month, but that's okay because the Lord is good. And you'll notice the message goes with the song. And it wasn't planned that way, but by the Holy Spirit. But we've been singing them, and they become part of me when we, when we do sing them. But the Lord laid on this message on my heart. And I'm very thankful for what the Lord has done. And I'm very thankful for Bill Murray sitting here at church and how the Lord has brought him back. You know, he's come back from many things over his life. And I've never seen him discouraged. The man trusts God through what he goes through. And God has used him in all of our lives. And we're very thankful for him. And to see him send that text that he's happy to be home and giving all the thanks and praise to God, it warmed my heart. I was so thankful. Shall we just say a, a word of prayer before we begin this morning? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this church. It's a church family, Lord. And there's a common theme when someone is, is uh, hurt or injured or sick. We, we support them. We rally behind them. Your word teaches that, Lord. When one member suffers, we all suffer. When one member rejoices, we all rejoice. And we pray that you'll be with Sylvia, Lord, and raise her up and continue to be with our brother Bill and, and each one, Lord who has needs this morning. And so we just pray that you'll quiet our hearts and speak to our hearts this morning by the Holy Spirit. Please hide me behind the cross and may the message that you have for each one of us be shown by the Spirit of God and that we will be changed, Lord, that we will be transformed to live closer to you and to be more like you and to have the faith and trust to continue on each and every day. We just ask your help now and pray for your guidance in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. You know, we live in a world of adversity, don't we? It's a, it's a world of opposition to Christians and to Christianity. It's a world of difficulty. And we can be confident, though, that the Lord is with us. In each of those songs that we sang, Randy mentioned it when he was sharing that God is on his throne, and he's still on his throne, and he never changes. The world changes, things get worse, problems mount, and all these things are happening around us but we can thank God that he's with us. And I love that song we sang in the last song, He is Able. And I didn't realize how important that song was to Bill, but it is, it is a tremendous song to all of us. And the words of that song are so amazing. It says, He is able, more than able, to accomplish what concerns me today. He is able, more than able, to handle anything that comes my way. He is able, more than able, to do much more than I could ever dream. He is able, more than able, to make me what he wants me to be. Today we're going to look at a man from the Old Testament. I don't believe I've spoken on him before, but he's a prophet. A prophet from the Old Testament who kind of takes a secondary role to his mentor, who is Elijah. So certainly we're going to talk today about Elisha. Elisha learned as a servant under Elijah, and God took Elijah back to heaven, and he gave Elisha the answer to his prayers to have a double portion of the spirit of Elijah. And I think as you read the story of Elisha in the scriptures, you can see that God definitely answered that prayer and gave him a double portion of Elijah's spirit. And all the miracles that were done by this prophet in the name of the Lord, and by the power of the Lord, not by his own power. They all were done for people in need. They were all done for the glory of God. They were all done. That's why I like to call him the people's prophet. 
the people's prophet. Because he lived with the people. He lived with the other prophets. He was among the people. And he allowed God to use him in a major, big way. The title of our message today is, Give Us Eyes to See What God Can Do. Give us eyes to see it. So many times we look around us in the world, the news comes on, the tragedies, the difficulties, the problems, all the things that are happening, and with our natural eyes, we, get, we see it. But God wants to give us spiritual eyes to look beyond that and to see the way He sees and to have that knowledge that He is in control and that He will bless us. I love the hymn that says, It is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. With arms wide open, he'll pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. Yes, God did it for Bill. He's done it for us. He'll do it for us. And he's promised to be with us until we reach our heavenly home. And what a blessing it is, really. And we know as believers that trials are going to strike us. Troubles are going to come. Difficulties are going to come. It's not going to be a cakewalk, as they say. Life isn't going to always be a bowl of cherries, as they say. It's not always going to be a bed of roses. But God is going to be with us. He's going to be with us every day. And He's going to be, as He always is, on the throne, taking us through it. So let's turn in our Bibles, or if you want to, look on the screen. And we're going to read from 2 Kings, Chapter 6, verses 8 to 23. 2 Kings 8, uh, 6, beginning at verse 8. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servant, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing, and he called his servants and said to him, Which one of you will show me is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants says, None, my lord, the king. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words you speak in your bedroom. How would you like that if somebody told the words that are spoken in your bedroom, right? So he said, go and see where he is that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike this people, with, I pray, with blindness. 
and he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Now Elisha said to them, this is not the way, nor is this the city. Now don't tell me God doesn't have a good sense of humor. I loved it. This is not the way, nor is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man to whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. So it was when he had come to Samaria that Elisha said, O Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes and they saw, and they were inside Samaria. Now when the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elisha, My father, shall I kill them? Shall I kill them? But he answered, You shall not kill them. Would you kill those whom you've taken captive with your sword and your bow? Set food and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. And listen to this. Then he prepared a great feast for them. And after they ate and drank, he sent them away and they went to their master. So the bands of Syrian raiders came no more into the land of Israel. May God bless the reading of his word. This is a tremendous story. This is a miraculous story to see these armies surrounding the city and coming out against one man, Elisha, and how God sent the armies of the Lord of hosts to surround them with chariots of fire and to show this young man, this servant of Elisha, how great God is and how his armies are more and more powerful than all the forces of evil and all the forces of this world. And what a joy it is to have scriptures like this that can encourage us right where we're living now in the year 2016. Because we're seeing some things happen today that we've never seen with our eyes before. But God is in control. His coming, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is nearer than when we first believed. And that's why he wants us to trust him just like Elisha did, just like his servant did and how they saw the great victory that God did for them. We're going to look at three things this morning that begin with the letter T. First of all, trouble comes out of the blue. And I think all of us can attest at certain times of our life, trouble when it comes doesn't come on us gradually, right? It comes out of the blue immediately, suddenly, and is usually a big thing. Secondly, there is no one to turn to but the Lord. And when you have no one to turn to but the Lord, you're in exactly the place he wants you to be because that's where we need to be is trusting in him. Even if we have all the resources of this world, we're not going to be able to face those difficulties and trials on our own because we need the Lord. We need his help, his guidance, his grace, his mercy every step of the way, and God is good. And finally then we see that God intervenes and delivers his servant in a big way. Well, yes, trouble comes out of the blue. First, a little bit about the prophet Elisha. You know, he, would, he didn't start off as a prophet. He was the son of Shaphat, and he was chosen by the prophet Elijah to be his protege, to be his servant, to be his helper, and to learn the ministry of prophecy. And so he left his father, and he left his mother, and he left his farming business because he was plowing out in the field when Elisha, Elijah talked to him. And he left it all behind and went and served Elijah. And it says in the scriptures that he, he would wash his hands. He would, he would serve Elijah. Just like Joshua served Moses. 
and worked under him. And just like Timothy did the same thing with Paul, he learned from Paul and he served under him. And God blessed them and used them for the future. That's what happened with Elisha. And we all know the story from the Old Testament of how the day came when God was going to call Elijah to go to heaven. And Elisha knew it. And Elijah knew it. And he was following him. And when Elijah told him, go back, go back, he said, no, I'm going to follow you, my master. I'm going to follow you. So he followed him all the way. And he says, well, I'm going up to heaven. What do you request? And he says, my master, I request, as I said it, a double portion of your blessing. And he said, that's a hard thing to ask, Elisha. But if you see me go up into heaven, know assuredly that you will have the answer to that request. And guess what? Elisha saw him go up in that chariot of fire right into heaven without dying. There's only two people we know of in the Bible that never died. Enoch, who walked with God, God took him home. Elijah served God as a major and great prophet. God took him home on a chariot of fire. And what a blessing it is. And so he saw him go up and he had the double portion of this prophet. Elijah. Isn't that amazing? Elijah was a strong prophet of God. He got a double portion of that blessing. And that's something we should pray for too. We should seek to follow our leaders. We should seek to be like our leaders and ask God, train me, Lord, to be like Adel and to be like Sylvia, to be like Bill and Mike and to our leaders. Help me to be like them. And that's what Elijah, Elisha did. He wanted to be that way. He wanted to serve God in that way and he did it. And he was a blessing. Well, as I mentioned, he was a great prophet. He was involved in people's needs. He did many miracles. And in our story today, the king of Syria became increasingly angry and frustrated because every time he sent his troops out on a raiding mission to, get, to kill the Israelites and to do them damage, the king of Israel would always be one step ahead of him. So when he went to one city to get them. He knew they were there. They were gone. What's going on? So they went to another city, and they're, they're over there this time. Let's go get them there. And that didn't work either. And this went on, it says in the scripture, not once, not twice, but many times. He was very frustrated. And so he called all his advisors. They're having a cabinet meeting. And they're sitting up there, and he says, okay, which one of you is for the king of Israel? Who's the spy here? Who's the mole in our midst? Who's the one that's passing information to the enemy? I want to know. And so one of his servants, and who told him, right? God had somehow revealed to this servant the truth. He said, no, my king, it's not any one of us. No, no, it's Elisha, the prophet of Israel. He's telling everything that you speak in your bedroom to the king of Israel. We've got to get him. We got to get him. So they're all in the war room, right? They're all preparing for their strategy. Okay, we're going to have Operation Profit Elimination. <laughs> Operation Profit Elimination. We are going to send our most experienced Delta Force trained Rangers. I mean, we're going to send in the cream of the crop. We're going to go and we're going to take him out. We're going to get him. And this will never again happen for us. We'll have full victory over Israel. We'll get them once and for all because we're going to take out this prophet. We're going to take him out. We'll see what becomes of all his words. So off they went under the cover of darkness. Very sneaky. 
all their weaponry, their chariots, their horses, their weapons, and there they go. And they come upon the city of Dothan while everybody is still sleeping. And all of a sudden, the prophet's uh, servant gets up early that morning. And I'm sure that he got up early every morning. And I'd like to think he had his devotion with the Lord early out there on the veranda. But this time, as he's meditating on the word of God from the Old Testament scriptures, he looks up and all of a sudden he sees a huge force, a huge army coming down with chariots and horses. And they're descending on this city. Were there any soldiers there to protect them? No. Who's there? Just Elijah? I mean, Elisha? his servant, and the normal town folk of Dothan. And that was who they had. And so he was scared to death. And that's why we see the words that he had here. When he answers, he says, what shall we do? He says to Elijah, what shall we do? And so many times when we are struck with heavy things that happen in our lives, difficulties physically, spiritually, emotionally, or mentally, sometimes don't we ask that same question too? What shall we do? And we think in our minds, what shall I do? Should I take this strategy? Shall I take this remedy? Shall I take this solution? We make the mistake of coming up with our own plans first, don't we? And when plan A fails, and plan B fails, and plan C fails, and however many plans you make, then you come and you ask the Lord for help. We should reverse that, shouldn't we? We should have plan A should be prayer right away. And that's what we should do. And that's what Elisha was doing. And I'm sure that's what gave him the confidence. That's what gave him the calmness. And that's what gave him the courage to go out and face all these armies. He couldn't do it on his own. It was the faith that he had in the Lord. And he tells his servants, he says, Lord, open his eyes so he can see that we are more than they are. And I love that scripture in the New Testament that says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And that was the verse that really came to my mind when I thought about this. And so here he was in the midst of this situation, all the forces of evil coming against them. And you know, when, when the troubles come and the problems come and the enemy comes, it always comes in waves or it comes in bunches or it comes all together at the same time. And yet, we see when there's no one else to turn to but the Lord, He is the one to turn to. And that's our second point today. There is no one to turn to but the Lord. And so, when Elisha says, when the, when the servant says, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Elisha tells him. He doesn't tell him we've got a plan. We're going to do this, this, or this. Or he doesn't say, guess what we're going to do? We're going to send you by foot or by horseback to go to the king of Israel in Samaria. It wasn't that far away. It was a few miles, though. It would take him time to get help for us. No, we don't need help from the king of Israel. We don't need help from his soldiers and his men. We have God's army. He's on our side. We're on his side. And that's all we need. And what an encouragement it was. But sometimes we, as the people of God, get a little bit weak in our faith, get a little troubled and anxious and worried and bothered by the things that happen to us, and we feel like we're the disciples out in that little boat that was under the storm there in the Sea of Galilee. And I remember when Jesus was asleep in the ship, 
And there he was asleep in the ship, and the storm hit, and the disciples were terrified. They were fearful for their lives, and they, and they said, Teacher, do you not care? We are perishing in Mark chapter 4 and verse 38. Yes, yeah, so many times we struggle for solutions and strategies and things that are going to work instead of turning to the Lord to prayer. And he wants us to never forget that he is able and more than able. And I love that. He's not just able, but he's more than able. He is our great God. And so instead of being fearful and troubled and worried about it, Elisha was so calm. And he had such faith and trust in the Lord. And he says, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Yes, it's such a thing as encouragement. And we all need encouragement from the Lord. One of the commentators I was reading thought, well, maybe Elisha was thinking back in his mind to Psalm chapter 27 and verse 3, which says, Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, I will, for this I will be confident. Yes, it wasn't a time for words. It was a time for a video from heaven. You know, it's amazing that God is an audio-visual God for us, isn't he? Mike loves to say that. Don't we learn best, right, Mike, with audio and visual? So, so that's what Elisha did. He says to, to the Lord, he says, Lord, open the eyes of this servant so he can see the armies of the host of the Lord. And so many times in our life, in the midst of us seeing that problem ahead of us, we don't see the Lord in it. We let it, that obstacle keep us from seeing it. So the Lord wants to raise us up so we can see over that obstacle and we can see Him and His hand in the situation that He's going to work out everything according to His will. As believers, as I mentioned, we have two sets of eyes, one natural and one spiritual. Sometimes when we go in every year, we get an eye exam on our eyes and they tell you, Rick, you're good this year. You don't have any glaucoma. You don't have any cataracts. You're all clear. Good vision. Here's your new prescription. You're good. We have to take care of our eyes. They're very important. God's given us two eyes. They're vital. We don't want to lose our sight. But spiritual eyes and spiritual sight to the Christian who's walking by faith means more than our natural eyes do. Because so many times our natural eyes deceive us. But our spiritual eyes will never deceive us because they come from the Lord. I love what the hymn writer says, Open my eyes that I may see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Place in my hand the wonderful key that shall unclasp and set me free. Yes, God needs to open our eyes. He asked that question, young man asked that question, what shall we do? Well, I, Elisha told him what to do. We're going to pray, God's going to work, and you're going to see it with your eyes. What a blessing it is. And it's interesting. I would think that if Elijah was there, he might have taken a different strategy than Elisha did. Notice here, Elisha <coughs> prays that they would become blind and that they would go through this process as we saw. Elijah, I think, if he was there, he would have called down fire from heaven and it would destroy them all because he did that. There were times when the evil king of Israel sent soldiers out to him and there he was and he sent fire down from heaven. 
All of them died, the commander and all his troops. And then another time they came, same thing happened. Finally, the third one came and we begged him, please don't do this. I have a wife. I have children back home. I, I love God. I've worshipped and honored him all my life. Please don't do that same thing. That he says, okay, I'm going to go back with you. But it's amazing how Elijah was that fiery preacher. And that's why when John the Baptist came, he came in the spirit and the power of Elijah. But here Elisha takes a different approach. He says, Lord, strike them with blindness. When somebody is blind, they can't see a thing. How are they going to hurt you? How are they going to kill you? How are they going to do anything to you? They're blind. So the wisdom of God here was he caused them to be blind. Reminds us of the days in Sodom and Gomorrah when the angel of the Lord was there. And the angel came out and they were trying to get Lot, right? They were at the door of Lot's house and they wanted to beat down that door and they wanted to take Lot and his family and everything and do terrible things to them. The angel of the Lord struck them with blindness. It says they couldn't find the door. And that's what these soldiers had. They were ready to fight this battle and win it. And they probably thought when they started off on the journey, oh, this is going to be so easy. Operation Prophet Elimination? We're going after one prophet? We'll be home in time for the evening chariot races, you know? We can watch the... We won't have to see the highlights on ESPN or anything. We're going to see it for ourselves. And little did they know what they were going to experience in this situation. But praise be to God. Even though these prophets are different, Elijah and Elisha, they were men of God and they were used of God and they did God's will and they did amazing things. And it's true. The same thing is true of preachers and missionaries and men and women of God. No two are alike. Different styles, different mannerisms, different deliveries, but God uses each and every one of them. And I thank God for all the preachers and speakers we have that come to our church from guest speakers as well as the ones we have in our church. It is a blessing. And then finally, we see in verses 16 to 23 that God intervenes and delivers his people in a big way. The Syrian army, when they approached Elisha, they came down and he struck them with blindness. And I love how it says, this is not the way, nor is this the city. Follow me and I will bring you to the one whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. Wouldn't this make a great Christian movie? I mean, this would make a tremendous Christian movie. It really would. Action, adventure, everything is there. The faith that they had in God, the deliverance, and how the whole story would transform. I would say that it would be a highly rated movie, I would think. Tremendous. And so when, when Elisha then says, follow me, and he leads these blind soldiers right inside the city of Samaria, right where the king of Israel is. And then he says, Lord, open their eyes. Now, in the first case, he said to his servant, Lord, open his eyes so he can see all the armies of the host of the Lord that are there for us, that we are more than they are. And now he says, Lord, open their eyes so they can see where they're at and see that where they're right there in, in the city of Samaria. It's a tremendous story. It shows that God can turn the tables on our enemies. He can turn it around for the good. He can use it in a big way, in a miraculous way. And he did it in broad daylight. They came under the cloak of darkness to take Elijah out. Now they're going in broad daylight, blind, can't see, and he's leading them right into the city of Samaria. And it's amazing. And when they come in, the king of Israel says, great, shall we kill him? Shall we kill him? He says it twice. Shall we kill him? No. 
If you were to capture them with your bow or your spear, you wouldn't kill your enemies. You'd bring them captive. He says, no, don't kill them. In fact, what you're going to do is you're going to kill them with kindness. That's what he did. You're going to kill them with kindness. You're not going to kill them. You're going to kill them with kindness. You're going to put food before them, and you're going to put water before them. And it reminds me in the New Testament and how God says, love your enemies in Matthew 5.44. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. You know, God wants us to have compassion on those people, not on Satan, not on the power behind the enemies, but the people themselves that are enemies. When we show them love, when we show them kindness and compassion, it's like pouring hot coals on their head, it says in the scriptures. And that's exactly what happened to these troops. Can you imagine? They thought they were goners. As soon as they saw they were there in the, in the midst of that, and the king was talking about killing them, they thought there's no hope for us. No hope for us at all. We're never going to see our wives again. We're never going to see our kids again. We're never going to see our homeland again. We're going to die here and be buried right here in this land of Israel. But God turned it around. And it's amazing. This story in the Old Testament shows that grace triumphs. Mercy of God triumphs because the Lord is in it. And it's interesting that when the king of Israel prepares the meal for him, he doesn't just give them some bread and some water, but it says here in the scriptures that he gives them a great feast. They probably had never eaten a meal like that in their lives. They were served the best food and the best drink there, and then they were sent on their way back home. Is that not amazing? It started off, they were going to kill Elisha, and they had it all set up, and God turned the tables on them, and they went back to their homeland, as the expression goes, with their tail between their legs. Humbled. These were soldiers. These were battle-hardened soldiers, the cream of the crop that Syria had to offer, and they're going back home. And can you imagine the story they would have to tell the king of Syria? Can you imagine the story they would tell to their families, to their friends, to their co-soldiers that were still back home? Nobody's going to believe it. How are they going to believe that story? Only God can do something like that. Did you kill them? Did you, did, were you successful on your mission? Well, not exactly. What do you mean, not exactly? Well, we got to him all right, but then all of a sudden uh, we were blind and we couldn't see a thing. And then this man, he came along and told us we were in the wrong place at the wrong time and, and you, the right person wasn't there. And, and we followed him there and he took us back. Well, where did you end up? We ended up in the city of Samaria. City of Samaria, how did you get there? Well, that's where we ended up. I don't know how we got there. We were blind, but well, then what happened? Why didn't they kill you? Well, you wouldn't believe it. They said not to kill us, but to serve us a meal, and you should have seen what they served. Five-course meal, I mean, it was just fantastic. The king said, what? What? God is able, and more than able, Amen. to do much more than I could ever dream. I mean, you could have a dream, and it wouldn't come out better than that. You couldn't have a Hollywood ending that's going to come out better than that. That's why I say this movie has it all, right? It has it all, and it has a happy ending. And for the child of God, it's going to always be a happy ending. Amen. It may be painful now. We may have trouble. It says, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so we're going to have the tribulations here. But let's be reminded we have a great God. 
He's with us. He can do all things. He can turn the tables on our enemies. He can take us, deliver us from what we're going through. And He can do it all for His glory and for our good in our lives. I like what Bill McDonald said, and he was one of my teachers when I was younger, and he said this. Verse 16 reminds us of John 4, 4b. He who is greater, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. In our spiritual battles with the forces of evil, we have protection and power given us by our omnipotent ally. And we know that's the Lord. He's our omnipotent ally. And when you have that ally, you don't need anything else. Through the prayer of faith in the Lord, you can open the eyes of our hearts to the reassuring fact that he is defending us and frustrating Satan's destructive intentions. May God bless us. So as we conclude this morning, let's remember that the lesson is that trouble comes out of the blue. We're never prepared for it. We're never ready for it. It comes at a time we never expect it. But we know that when trouble comes, difficulty, hardship, pain, we know that the Lord is with us and He has a plan and He's going to carry us through. We don't always understand it. Sometimes we're like this servant. We say, Lord, what should we do? What should we do? What's our next move? Well, he's the master, and he knows what next moves to make. He moves the chess pieces, not us. He puts us in the positions we're in, and God is so good. He's always with us, and that's why Elisha was calm and confident and courageous, because he had seen the Lord working before, and he's going to see how he's going to work now. And he's got the confidence of faith. And so, too, our faith has been strengthened over the years through what he's done in our lives. And the more He teaches us, the more He shows us, the more He answers our prayers and does great things for us, the more beautiful it becomes. And our faith grows. And our faith soars like an eagle. And when we turn to God, He's the only one we need. Yes, what shall we do? Pray. Pray. And don't give up praying. Don't look for your own answers or solutions or remedies to the problem. But turn to the Lord and ask Him to open your eyes to see what he has for you in this situation and the lessons that he has for you and what he's going to do in your life. And finally, let us rejoice that God is alive. He's on his throne and he's going to interfere and intervene and work in the situation in such a great way that everybody else will marvel. And we've all seen it over the years that God has done something magnificent, miraculous and wonderful and all people can do is just say, well, praise God, that was totally of God. Couldn't be anything else. It's not Dean that did this. It's not Wayne who did this. It's not Dave who did this. It's not Tina who did this. It's the Lord. And when he's in it, he does great things. Trouble out of, comes out of the blue. There's no one to turn to but the Lord. Then God delivers and inter intervenes and delivers in a big way. May the Lord encourage us in his word today to realize that these stories that happen, these aren't fictional stories. These aren't myths. These aren't old wives' tales. These are real people in the Old Testament. And they didn't have the benefit of having the whole Bible like we have. But they knew their God, and they trusted him, and they learned from him. And when trouble came, they trusted God and God answered their prayers in a big way. He's going to do the same thing 
for us. So please come out tomorrow night for the, men, for the joint prayer meeting and we'll go before the throne of grace and we're going to take some major problems. I know because every week we do. We take the mi- major ones and we present them at the throne of grace. We take the minor ones and we put them there, the intermediate ones. Whatever's concerning us concerns the Lord, like we heard. He's able to accomplish what concerns me today. Shall we just look to him in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're a great God. And we thank you for the prophet Elisha. We thank you for the lesson of his life that he was so courageous and so calm and so confident in you. And his servant was a little bit weak in his faith. And he had to learn a big lesson here. And when he said, what shall we do? Elisha showed him what they do. We pray and then open your eyes and see what God has. Lord, please give us eyes to see what is really important in life. Eyes to see you. Eyes to see by the eyes of faith to to see what you're doing in the circumstance and situation. And we just give you all the glory and all the praise for the times you intervene in our life and you deliver us, you help us, you bring us back sometimes from the very point of death. And we give you all the thanks today and all the praise in Jesus' wonderful and precious name. Amen. Amen.